Welcome to another episode of The Suspendables with funny man Jungle Jim Jerome and retired NHL star Russ Cortnall. Each week they unleash their raw, stripped-down, unfiltered opinions on all things hockey and maybe other stuff too. Who knows? Inside stories, absolutely. Outrage, guaranteed. Offside, for sure. And always plenty of laughs. Strap in. The Suspendables is coming at you right now. Okay, here we go. Click record. Yes. It worked again, Rusty. Hi, everybody. Jungle Jim Jerome coming at you with another episode of The Suspendables. With me, of course, uh, and Russ Cortnell. Long time, long time NHLer, Russ. I don't know if, I, if he keeps getting longer and longer. I started, <laughs> at, I started at 12 years. You said, no, it's not that. 15, no. 16, no. Yeah, 17 years, Rusty, in the no, NHL? No, you keep screwing it up. 16. Okay, what's 16? Okay. <laughs> anyway, good to have you all aboard. Uh, on the show this week, uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. Of course, free agency is going to happen on October 9th. Uh, the, the draft is happening Tuesday night, so by the time you hear this, it will have already happened. So I want to talk to Russ about when he got drafted. Uh, the... Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is moving towards banning fighting with the huge move that they did this week. Uh, I want your opinion on that one, Rusty. And this is going to be the Listener Appreciation Show, Russ. Nice. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, So we have an email. Our email is thesuspendables at yahoo.com. And uh, we've, we've had a ton of them, Russ, over the last several months that I only got the other day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of course. Our producer has been taking them all. I said, we got to email these out like whammo. And he sent me all these emails and the, and the everyone weighing in is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, love them all. Uh, over the top uh, comments. A lot of it about White Claw from some people. Um, but they're, they're fantastic. They love the show. And uh, so this is going to be least listener appreciation. So a bunch of shout outs. And we're going to go to their emails with questions that they have for you, Rusty. Nice. Uh, but how have you been? What's good? You're still been, in Gauzer in yeah. Idaho. You were supposed to uh, be home. What's going on? Yeah, I was supposed to leave about a week ago, and or I plan to leave. And I yeah. because I drive, it, it's kind of I just decide you know the day before, and then I pack up my car and leave and drive back to California. And I, the weather has been absolutely spectacular for one. Right. Lot and my son has the golf bug too. Is he good? He is. He's a single digit and he just started really playing this summer, which pisses me off. (laughs) And, uh, because you're kind of shit, right? You're not very good. Yeah. I mean, he's got hand me down club. I'm looking at his clubs going, oh my God, I gave you that. I gave you that. I mean, he's, he's using my (laughs) hand me down. Get off your wallet, Dad. Yeah. I'm going to when we get back to California. Right. And we've been busy. Uh, people are, flipping freaking planning next summer and they're buying a summer future summer home so i've been uh busy with clients and prospects so it's been good and i i think i'll leave probably like this weekend coming up probably head back are you a good closer russ business-wise if for those who don't know you're there selling real estate for discovery properties in a huge development in in idaho uh 
in is it Harris, Idaho? Is that the Her- town? Yeah, it's Harrison, and right across the lake from Coeur d'Alene, uh, downtown Coeur d'Alene, which is just a five minute boat ride away. So it's just beautiful. And okay, and I'm an good- I'm an okay closer. I uh, I th- I I love real estate. I've always loved it, um, buying and selling, and so. Um, I like it. I like both sides to feel really, really good. I never like it to be an uneven match, and right. so I try. I try hard for both to to get uh, to get you know a fair fair price. So I, I think I'm good at at what I do right now. I I'm honest about the numbers, and I I educate p- people on what's going on, and and right. then let them decide. I mean, really, it's up to the purchaser, and then obviously the seller if they take it, but. Um, I like it. So, so you're good at it. Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. I, um, I've always told you, Russ, I am hands down. I'll go against anyone as an opener. (laughs) Okay. I will. I'll take anyone on you, anybody. I don't care how famous they are and, uh, to get, but I, I am the worst closer. Oh God. Okay. I'm the worst closer, but I got a lot of jobs telling guys I was a great opener. Yeah. Okay. And my, I said, listen, when I was selling real estate, like I did years ago, I can open better than anyone, but, but you got to shut me down. Okay. Yeah. Cause I will talk my way out of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All the time. And the guy said, well, give me an example of how you're the best closer and why I should hire or the best opener. Why I should hire you. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, this is the way I can explain it. Back in the day when me and all my buddies were single. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, here's a perfect example of how, what a fantastic opener I was, but what a terrible closer. We'd all go to the bar. Uh-huh. And uh, there'd be a you know bunch of girls there and stuff, and the, my buddies would give me the nod like you would, yeah. hey, Skipper. Get over there, okay? We will get over, yeah. get over there and do your magic together, <laughs> so we can all talk to those girls. So the short explanation is, all my buddies would get laid, but I'd end up going home in a cab by myself. <laughs> yeah, and paying the bar bill. And the <laughs> Where did everybody go? <laughs> oh so I always God. got invited out and I'd get be sitting in a cab going, I saw everybody leaving with a girl, and here I am alone. <laughs> you know when you you know when you go into those bathrooms at the bar, right? That thing that thing that's hanging on the wall? It's called a fucking mirror. <laughs> <laughs> So God. you and I would make a hell of a team, Rusty. Oh, I yeah. could open. Jimmy, but- you did the 50-yard dash in a 40-yard gym. Just blame your parents. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's not your fault, pal. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Jim. Who are those guys you're with over there? <laughs> Can you introduce us? Oh, yeah, they're my friends. Come on yeah. over. And, and they were all, you boom, know. Boom, 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 boom. Where did everybody yeah. go? Yeah. There's a great expression. I think you were the guy who first hit me with it. There's all sorts of guys that you run with in your circles. And, uh, you know, you got great friends, you know, oh, yeah. as I do. And as, as most people do, got great friends. But but you're we can bust a guy who's not really a, a, a genuine friend, right? That they're, yeah. they're, they're after you for something else. And, and mm-hmm. the expression always was the look by, okay? <laughs> right? If, if the guy's got the look by going, that means, well, he's talking to you in a room, and you'd be with all these, you know, celebs, right? Most of the circuit you travel with. So the look by is as he's talking to you, he's looking past you to see, oh, there's Wayne. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got him, right? Uh, 
to look by. And, and so, Gary Bettman did that to me. He looked by. He gave you the. Look he by. gave me the look by in the uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup final in Vancouver. I was in yep. the green room, whatever you wanted to call it, in the old uh, Coliseum. The look by room. And, I, <laughs> and so I, I went up, and there was uh, Neil Smith was there, the GM. Yeah. And and Gary Bettman and and I went up and introduced myself, and we're talking, having a great conversation, and then Farrah Fawcett walked in. Yeah. And Gary Bettman says to me. <laughs> He goes, Russ, I can talk to you anytime, but I'm blowing you off right now to go over and meet for a faucet. <laughs> he flew by me and uh, went over and started chatting up for uh, Farah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. He, uh, he, I've got a similar story. Um, oh, really? Absolutely. So I was living in Ottawa at the time and I got a, uh, I got a, I got a phone call uh, from the G-Man, 99. Okay, mm-hmm. he's in Toronto, and there's a playoff game. Humble brag, hum, humble brag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people are used to it by now. And he phoned <laughs> me, said, "You got the Leafs are in the playoffs, man, Jimmy. You got to get down here. Jump, jump in your car and whip down here today, and we'll go to the game." I said, "Okay." Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never said no to him. And uh, what was that noise? Oh, I just slammed the door. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One foot. I'm halfway to Kingston. Ouch. Uh, so the uh, the drive the Ottawa Toronto drives about a four hour deal. Anyway, I go blazing down there. And, back then, uh, back in those days, what was it? A six beer drive? Yeah, six beer and a bunch of other shits. Yeah, to get me yeah. through it. Um, yeah. So, but I'd get there. I'd get there, and uh, so we're in a box uh, at at Maple Leaf Gardens. I think it's shocker. That's, that's how long ago it is. Or, no, it was Air mm-hmm. Canada Center. And uh, so we're in the box, and uh, there's a bunch of people there, of course, including Gretz. And uh, he, he often, what he will do is because is people crowd him so much, you know, and when he's at a game, he likes to just watch the game and, mm-hmm. and he'll wave me down. He'll come sit, yeah. sit at this chair, sit right yeah. beside me because people get so excited. If there's an empty chair, they fill it in there and sometimes they can be beyond a distraction, you know. So anyway, I'm sitting, I know the rule here. You know, I know the drill, you, you know, Jimmy, bang, now, move, let's go, right? Or a text. Right. Or a text, right? You'll get a text. Get down here right now. Okay. Uh, so anyway, sit, sit down and, and uh, Bettman finds out that Gretz is there at the game and comes rolling into the box. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gretz says, don't, don't get up. Okay. I'm going, it's the commissioner for God's sakes. Right. And he's not here yeah. for me. I'll tell yeah. you. Right. And uh, anyway, he goes, just, just stay there. And, and Gretz loves Bettman. Gets along with him. Yeah. But, and uh, anyway, I'm sitting there. So this is beyond look by from the commissioner. He comes down. He doesn't tap me on the shoulder. Okay. Uh, Russ, he yeah. grabs me by the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he just like, you. Yeah. He doesn't even say anything to me. I've met him a bunch of times and he, 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 he does know my name, but we're not, I mean, we're not friends or anything. And he just grabs my wrist and goes, Hey Jim. And, yanks me across two chairs and just sits down so i got the i got the full beyond the look by but uh you like the commissioner russ i i do i um i mean i i probably didn't like him that much when i played um because i went through a couple lockouts and you know the fighting and the arguing over uh the cba and all that but after um i retired i ha- 
I got involved in building a monument in my hometown in Victoria, British Columbia, where the um, Victoria Cougars won the 1925 Stanley Cup. Wow. And um, and so I helped my Jeff, my brother Jeff and I, uh, the Patrick family, um, were involved and we raised money, we donated money and we built this nice monument. So I called up Gary Bettman and I told him the story. And, uh, you know, my dad always told us there's, if you don't ask, you won't know right. what the answer is. And there's two answers, yes or no. So I said, and this is during the Stanley cup final, I think, um, I said, Gary, Jeff and I, and, and Craig Patrick, we're, we're donating our own money and we've raised some money to build this monument for the 1925 Stanley cup champions, Victoria Cougars. And, um, I said, the Patrick family actually, was it the Pac- Patrick family? I think they owned the team. I think I, I anyways, I'm a little foggy on the uh, history right. of it, but anyways, I, I phoned his office. He took my call or he called me back within 24 hours. I have two stories. And I can't remember which one this one is, but anyway, I called him and I asked him, you know, we're doing this. It'd be really nice to have the Stanley cup here. And he goes, hang on a second. Let me see where it is because it's traveling because it's in the finals. Oh, and that's a good start when you ask for the Stanley cup. So he sent the cup to Victoria for the, uh, for the um, unveiling of this monument we built Shut in, up. in Oak Bay. Yeah. yeah. Oak Bay. And so we, ha- and he goes, you know what? Your brother, Jeff never got the, the Stanley cup when he won it with the Oilers. They didn't do it back then where they would give it to each player for a day. Right. So he said, tell Jeff, this is his day with the cup. And so I was like, wow, this guy's a stud. I immediately, right. I liked him for that. And then I called him on behalf of Notre Dame, um, where I went to school in Wilcox, Saskatchewan. And I I said, we'd like to come down and meet you in New York um, to talk about some potential fundraising for the school. And he said, yep. And we flew to New York and we met with him in his office with his uh, assistant. When you say we, and like the you and Wendell, and like the pre, no, the president oh. of Barry McKenzie, the president of the school, and right. uh, one or two other guys who were on the board. So the four of us flew to New York, and we met with Gary, and we showed him how many players had been drafted and played in the NHL from Notre Dame, and he right. was blown away. He could not believe it, and he like we had sheets of names just. Oh, and he kept turning the page going, is this, are these all the, all players played at Notre Dame? And uh, he couldn't believe it. So he threw out a bunch of ideas to help us try to raise money for the school. And he just said, look, we cannot give any money, but I will come there and, and be a guest speaker. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, and, and it, nothing came of it, but he took our meeting and, and was really enthusiastic about what, Notre Dame is meant for the NHL. How many players, you know, Wendell, one, you know, one of the more famous players, Wendell Clark and mm-hmm. Vince LeCavier and, you know, on and on and on. But um, anyways, he, I like him. I do. I didn't like him when I played for obvious reasons because we were arguing over the CBA and, and right. um, you know, it didn't work out in my age category, but anyways, he, he's, he's done a great job for the owners. He's done a great job for the players 
They've all made a bunch of money. The league is in great shape other than COVID. And uh, financially, the players have, you know, we all know how they're doing. And so it's all good. Tough gig, eh? Russ, being the commissioner. (laughs) Yeah, I just wish that when instead of him handing out the cup, I wish Wayne would. I think the players and the fans would love it if Wayne was the one going out on the ice, you know, handing out, handing out the cup every year. Sure. I just, um, you know, the fans continue to boo Batman. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's just like, you know, he, he now just accepts and, and kind of embraces it almost. The Suspendables are engaged on Facebook. Your comments are welcome always. It's the week of the draft, Rusty. Yeah. And uh, exciting week. Exciting week. And uh, we've, we've maybe touched on it before, but it's, it's a great week for you to take us through the day you got drafted uh, and, and, and that whole thing. By the way, before you do that, the story you told last week on the show, <laughs> you were rooming with Claude Lemieux. Uh, yeah. At, it was at, not at the trade deadline? No, it was uh, when they were cut. They made the last cut. Oh, cuts, really. right. For the 90, uh, 91 Canada Cup team. Right. So yeah. anyway, so. listen to the last show, folks. You're <laughs> going to hear a great story about, <laughs> about Russ and Claude down to the final cuts and rooming together and the phone rang. Uh, yeah. It's great. Talk about the draft, Russ. Uh, it's a, it, it means so much to a lot of kids this week. It's, it, it's, I can't imagine uh, trying to handle it emotionally if I was a, you know, a junior player college uh, whoever, and, and I'm possibly going to get drafted. Yeah. It's, it's so exciting. And, um, it, it happens so fast that year of junior and the rate, you know, you watch your ratings and you're, you're, you, you have an agent by then and you're talking to your agent. And, and so the build up to the draft is amazing. And then you, so when I, I was drafted, I, I was flown to, um, Toronto and I stayed at my agent's house and there was, uh, there was a few of us. There was Jeff Jackson who went in the second round. There was Bob Airy who went to Pittsburgh yeah, remember in the first Bob, round yeah. and Andrew McBean who went, or McBain who went to, um, Winnipeg and he was eighth pick. Um, anyways, I, uh, I went seventh. And so, we, the four of us were together and, and, and Dan Hodgson might've been there with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I think Hodgie was with us. And, um, so we're all with Bill Waters. That was our agent. And we, we, so we stay overnight in Toronto, have a nice dinner at, at his uh, assistant's house, uh, right. Rick Kern, Rick Kern, who uh, eventually went off on his own with Bobby Orr. And, uh, so we stayed at Ricky's house and then we took the train from Toronto to Montreal where the draft was fun and yeah. and you get there three days before the first night, the, our um, agent gave us his credit card and we went out and just got absolutely <laughs> annihilated. <laughs> the drinking that, agent. How about the oh, train ride? That's a five hour oh deal. My, what happened on yeah. that train? <laughs> well, the train, well, it was nothing happened on the train. I mean, we're all 18 years old, right? So we're like, we're still, I was still in high school. We're all in high school. And so it, this, we're not, we're, four or five young 18 year olds and Ricky Kern and Bill Waters is already in Montreal work in the room with all the teams, you know, sure. <laughs> um, trying to get his guys drafted as high as possible and meeting with, you know, 
the final strokes of the draft is going right. on right now. So we get there, we go for dinner, we go out because it's now we can, now we're 18 and we can go legally to a bar in Montreal. So it was great showing our ID. I had just turned 18 a few days before. And um, so we're, we go into a strip club. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never been, I'd honest, never been to a strip club in my life. And you go to Montreal and they're world famous for their strip clubs. I walk sure. in and there's a girl walking around with no top on. And I turn strip club yeah. to, well, I turn to the guys and I go, that girl doesn't have a top. <laughs> oh my God. She, our, our boobs are hanging out like something like that. And they're yeah. like, you idiot. We're in a strip bar. <laughs> Like I had no no clue what Come I was on. getting it. No clue. I'm no. I don't. I, I have no clue. I've no no strip tri- joints in Oak Bay, wherever. You're no, from. but I'd never been to a strip club in my life. So, anyways, that was my first strip club I ever went to. And then uh, we went out and we ran into Stevie Eiserman, who got drafted in that round, and he was with his family. He's with his sisters and and some yeah. and maybe. Somebody else. And I just remember meeting Stevie Eiserman and I'd heard about him, but never met him. And he wasn't, you know, he was going to go high in the draft. So there was a lot of publicity, publicity about right. him, but I didn't, he wasn't Stevie Y who we all now know. So uh, anyways, got to hang out with him, which was cool. Met a few of the other high draft picks. And then there's the next day you meet all the guys who are ready to go in the first round. There's media. And it was like three or four days of this. And, yeah. and then you get interviewed by teams who are interested in you. you. You can sit down with them. So sat down with a few teams for like a half an hour and they just want to meet you and talk to you and see what kind of person you are in, in a quick half hour interview so are they asking you questions russ or just yeah they're just saying like hey you know tell me about your family what do you think about you know what would it mean to you if we drafted you come you know how would it feel to come to toronto oh, Jesus, or yeah. washington or vancouver all these new york rangers all these teams right yeah and you're you're I mean, you're so freaking excited. You're just telling them everything. You know, oh, I'd love to play there. I'd love to play there. Love to play. <laughs> sure. the, yeah. the only team I said something negative to is Washington Capitals. And I said, why would you guys want, want to draft me? You guys got all these great centermen. I'm a centerman. Why would you want to draft me? Like, you know, I what? I didn't know what. Yeah, I, I can't believe I said it, but I said it. And all the other teams, I just... I didn't, I guess I didn't know much about, so I didn't say anything like that, but that was the only negative comment I made. And I was just, well, I was just being honest. I, and, um, they didn't draft me, but, (laughs) but, uh, but on the train ride there, um, myself and Jeff Jackson were sitting together and we got off on the wrong stop and Rick Kern, (laughs) we weren't in the same uh, car as they were. And Rick Kern knew he had a bunch of kids from, you know, across Canada, small town kids. Right. And he stuck his head out the door to probably make sure that we didn't. And sure enough, we got off and he goes, hey, get back in the car. This isn't our stop. (laughs) Can you imagine two kids from, you know, one from BC, one from a little town in Ontario and we're we're in Quebec. (laughs) We don't speak a word. so funny. Yeah, so we got back on the car and then we made it to Montreal and then the rest the rest happened. And the day of the draft, um Yeah, let's talk about that. It's in the it's in the morning and that I don't know if they I think they did everything in one day. 
back then, not in two days. And, um, I got, you know, it was, you know, first I was ready to go 10th or 11th and freaking Toronto had seventh pick and they picked me and I, I couldn't believe it. It was my favorite team, my dad's favorite team. I mean, I was wow. so freaking excited and you go, <laughs> you go. So at that time you go to their, uh, table and yeah. you, you go, sorry, you go up, up on the, you, you put the Jersey on, they welcome yeah. you, shake hands, then you go back to the table. And there's a phone on there. And they said, would you like to call your, your mom? So I call everybody. My mom. <laughs> yeah, I, so I call my mom in Victoria, three hours behind, wake her up and said, mom, I just got drafted to Toronto seven picks. She started crying. She's so happy. And I, oh. and then, and then I'm like, that was a free phone call. So I call, I go Notre Dame where Wilcox, Saskatchewan, where I'd played till I was 16 midget. Right. They they had um, uh, morning um, uh, varsity. You go to varsity, uh, the dining hall, and they would have morning news, say the Lord's Prayer, sing the uh, national anthem, and then the current events. They somebody get up. They're it's like a half hour deal, right? Right. So the whole school's in the varsity hall, and I look at my watch, and I'm like, oh. They're there. So I called varsity and they put me on the left. They, they put the phone, the microphone to the auditorium on the phone. And, and so I kind of talked to the school saying, Hey, I just got drafted seventh That's overall. Great. And so there was Gorge Selleck. Stelic was uh, the assi- assistant. He was, um, and anyways, he, go, he was kind of tapping his like, you know, Hey, I, I, I started getting the feeling like we need that phone. <laughs> You got to get off the phone. <laughs> so when you said, did you call everybody? I started calling everybody, not knowing that, you know, they needed that phone to, right. if they want to make a trade, if, sure. <laughs> if they only had one phone. <laughs> Russ is calling everybody in the world about the news that he'd been drafted. So that was, it was fun. And then I hung out with the Biggest guys. Day that, your life for us, got to be. Oh, for, for sure. Up until right. that point, that was it, man. I was just like, I, it was just unbelievable and then um dan hodgson was there and he hadn't been drafted first round second round and and then finally uh toronto picked him i think in the third round i think they got him in the third round and he was like a prolific scorer in the western hockey league great player but i felt so bad for him so i'm sitting beside him and he's just and i knew hodgy from when he played with my brother in uh, duncan Mm-hmm. Uh, for Couch and Valley Capitals in, in junior. And I knew Haji through my brother and I felt horrible. Like just, he was sitting there like on the last place he wanted to be was there. Once you don't get picked, those players that are there, oh my God, they just, oh. their hearts are just, you know, and their parents are probably with them and they're just, you're trying, they know the TV cameras are on oh, them. So they're yeah, inside, they're melting on the outside. They're trying to be, you know, positive, but boy, those kids that don't get drafted when they think they're going to get drafted, it is the worst, the worst. And then when Haji got drafted, we just were like pumped and he got drafted to Toronto. So we were all really excited. And then uh, we uh, went out that night again and had a bunch of fun in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing cures yeah. a hangover, though, like getting drafted. 
Oh yeah, over like shit, and then yeah, the night before the draft, they asked us to take it easy, so we just had a dinner and and didn't do anything crazy. But every other night, man, it was game on. We had the we had our agent's credit card, and we went to town. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We crushed them. (laughs) You you bring up a great thing. There's if you want to have the the experience of the raw emotion of a kid being drafted with his parents. And, and as you pointed out, the worst part of parents being there when the kid doesn't get drafted, you can look on YouTube. There's just some fantastic moments uh, yeah, where a kid gets drafted and they're just beyond, beyond control of, uh, yeah. you know, crying and the parents and, and all that stuff. And I'd hate to be the other, the other guy. I don't know what, what I would say to my oh, kid. Oh yeah. I um, know it's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. brutal but, um, Anyway, great stuff, Rusty. Uh, another uh, thing we want to talk about, fighting in the NHL, it's always a topic. And everyone's discussing all the time whether we got to get rid of it, whether it needs to come back more. There's, there's two sides to this thing. And uh, the Quebec Junior Hockey League this week, this past week, came out and said, we're obviously a huge statement by them, Russ, that they want to get rid of fighting. If you get in a fight, it's it's five minutes like it normally is, and a ten minute misconduct. Mm. Uh, so they're really making a move to to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And we want your thoughts on that, Rusty. About fight, you know, forgive us if we have talked about this before, but this is the this is a huge huge move by a junior hockey league to say, here's what's happening. We want to get rid of it. Yeah, the only problem with taking fighting out of the game is the cheap shots that you know, end up happening and, and the, the chicken shit player can get away with murder. And when, when you have, when you're held accountable by, if you're going to, um, with your, with your, the the way you act on the ice, if you can't back it up, then you're not going to, you're not going to be a dirty player. And if you're going to be a dirty player, then you have to back it up. And so I worry about, uh, just, the, how dirty players can be in play and knowing they don't have to fight. And if you have to fight, if you have to back up your actions, then the dirty, you know, you're not going to cheap shot anybody if you can't, if you can't handle yourself. So I, 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 I don't agree with it. I, I think there's less and less fighting. I, I watch the games today and um, you know, there's the odd fight, but there's not, there's not the fighting that, you know, I don't know what it's like in junior hockey because I don't see a lot of it. But in the NA, I'm talking about the NHL. There's not a lot of fighting. Um, the game is beautiful. It's great. It's skillful. But when you get guys running around that know they don't have to back up their actions, then I have a problem with that. So I just I, I think that the game can be chippy and dirty if you know you don't have to back it up, and and that's my issue. Here, here's the issue I have, Russ, and and lots of people do. And we can use your brother as an example because he got concussed yeah. and, and it changed his life. And you've said he's, you know, he's, he's not the same guy he would have been if he didn't suffer from concussions from it. And we had Jeff on search it up. Mm-hmm. Great interview we did with him. He was talked right from the heart about that and many other things. So they've got this big awareness, Russ, about concussions. Uh, also at the same time, an intent to injure penalty is is big. Uh, you know, that that can lead to many, many suspensions. 
isn't that kind of ironic, Russ, that they're they're trying to raise awareness about concussions and they're trying to clamp down on intent to injure penalties, and yet you're going to allow fighting? Well, the the Jeff's Jeff's concussions never one came from a fight, and he fought a lot. And they all came from tree, uh, dirty hits. When he had his head down, somebody took his head off. Mm-hmm. When he had his back turned, somebody you know cross checked him into the boards. So all his concussions and his problems are from not from fighting. So interesting, the, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think the I think the uh, watching the NHL, they've done a, a really good job of getting rid of the head hit contacts. Yep. And it took it took a while because players grew up knowing they could take your head off, and it took players a long time and a lot of money being penalized. And there's still guys out there that are doing it, but. Yeah, you talk to any player who's um, concussed, unless they're a boxer, I don't think too many of them are from fighting. Now, there are players that have been knocked out. We've seen them. But uh, a lot of the players that suffer from concussion concussion problems um, are from dirty hits. Good point. Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. so. It's not not all bad. So watch what you wish for. If you take away the fighting and now you've got guys running around with their heads cut off, Killing guys, not killing, but hurt, hurting players because um, they know they don't have to fight. And if they run somebody over, they know that if if somebody comes over and fights them, they're going to be on the they're going to be on the power play. You know that guy's going to be in the box for fifteen minutes. Um, I don't know. I when did you get so I, smart? When did you get oh so smart? God, it, it, ha- it happens every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff, Rusty, about the fighting. Would you would you fight me if I was on the ice? Do you think I'd be able to antagonize you enough? To- <laughs> oh my God! Fight you anywhere, anytime. Okay. <laughs> uh, time for uh, like I said at the top of the show, uh, amongst other things, uh, it's, it's listener appreciation. Um, like I said, we've we have emails that have been coming in left and right and our producer gets them in Ottawa and then I finally asked for them and figured out how to open them up and we want to give a shout out to a, to a bunch of people who've been listening a long time including I love this guy Russ He's, he emails me every week saying where's my shout out where's my shout out oh really yeah and it's his his handle is swordfish trombone mm. and I said the main reason I would give you a shout out is I want to find out what that means swordfish <laughs> trombone anyway long time guy Terrence Pooch Parker, Alex Kwiatkowski, Brendan, Gary Acorn, Mark Kruger's a big listener. Uh, Janice uh, Bramhill sent us all a great email about she worked at concessions at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, and, no way. Yeah, and and talked about having to walk through certain areas to get the stock to walk back to the, the East Wing, I think, where she worked, and running into Lanny McDonald. And oh, nice. She said Lanny, she, so I guess she had like, two armfuls of chocolate bars that she had to bring back and yeah. didn't realize when Lanny, like uh, anybody else would say, seeing her full, full arms, trying to peek over the top of this huge load of candy she's bringing. Lanny said, Hey, do you have a match? Right? This <laughs> was the old joke. And uh, anyway, she dropped everything looking for a match. And, and she has this great experience about Lanny McDonald giving her an autograph only after uh, Russ that she went and found matchbooks with the Toronto Maple Leaf logo and mailed it to him 
And, nice. And he sent her a picture, an autographed picture. So anyway, she's a huge fan of the show. So is Alex Paquette. Turkey Nuts is his handle. Jeez. Uh, Ryder Hansen. Uh, Tim Pruden, Russ. Mm-hmm. That that name may mean a little something to you because he's the guy, if people don't know this, your wife Paris is the granddaughter of the great jazz vocalist Sarah Vaughan. Not the granddaughter. The or daughter, daughter, sorry, excuse me. Daughter, Yeah. right? Of the great yeah. Sarah Vaughan. And this guy sent you an album, uh, an old album of Sarah Vaughan that his mother had in a collection. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. It sits in it's in our living room on our coffee table. Yeah. So he's a he's a big fan. Aaron Orr. Thank thank you so much. Yeah, he said you got it, Aaron Orr. It's worth uh fifteen hundred bucks. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your thank you letters on eBay. Yeah. No, you didn't do that. No. Uh, let me just read this uh from from J.R. Widers, W W I D D E R S. Uh just a thank you to both of you guys, uh, Jungle and Russ. I've listened to every show since the beginning, and week after week, I look forward to the next. Your podcast is not just funny, but it's touching. While playing golf this week, I was speaking to my buddy about issues that were discussed in your podcast, and he said to me, hey, Dave, you're speaking like like Jungle and Russ are your best buddies. <laughs> I said, I said, well, that's how, that's how good this podcast is, almost like we're uh, sitting at a bar uh, at Gosser. Uh, listening to Russ tell some stories while we get to have a shot every once in a while shooting the shit. I've asked before that Russ speak a bit about Matt's Naslin since he was mm-hmm. my player growing up. Uh, what kind of person is he? Any funny stories about Matt's? Or was he just an ass? I don't know what that means. Um, if Russ doesn't want to speak about him, that's okay too. Just thought I would ask. Thanks again to both of you. And uh, I'll tell you how old this email is. He says, happy Canada Day. <laughs> so Nice. That's from way back. No, Matt's is a great guy. Um, he uh, he's he was very serious and uh, just wonderful. What a player! Oh my god, and tough mm-hmm. too. Took a beating and kept on ticking. Kept on ticking. Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough Swede. Great guy. Great teammate. Uh, cool. Thanks to thanks to Jr. and uh, Joy Laraid and uh, Sue Hopgood, who sent the, an email in Russ saying, "Hey, Jimmy." You mentioned you were going on a golf date. How did that turn out? Uh, yeah. Well, Russ, that was three months ago. Uh, her name's her name's Tracy. And cop. We're a cop. And we're an item. Russ nice. Is. Yeah. Nice. So far. Nice. Uh, the over she under, smoke? She, well, I got her smoking. She, she I, is now. She is now. I got, I got her started. Yeah. Yeah, we so can I, date. We only we can only stay uh, hang out together outside because yeah. he, she's breathing in secondhand smoke. Someone else percent. emailed and said, "Rusty's a good gambler. Get him to give us the over under. You could run a contest on how long Jimmy can last till he screws this up." <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a golf date. Great way to go on. Great, great way to go on a date. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, also, hit it, hit it in the woods and keep going if it's a bad date. Uh, <laughs> just go right to the car uh, i've done that before uh i think it's jean lavoie russ uh said that she loved the way you handled the racial injustice uh oh, talk that we you. had of, of the show and boy that's that's a few months ago now and yeah. um so much has happened since then but uh you'd have to go back and listen to that show because of course paris is is black and your kids are mixed and 
uh, it really was a, a, a really riveting show um, from the experiences that your kids had have and, and you did. Um, th- thanks a lot anyway to, uh, to Gene for that. I think it's, it's Ben Uryn. You're, you're, his Jeez. name is spelt U-H-R-Y-N. It's Urine or urine? I don't know. Urine sounds like a bad pronunciation. Urine? He's a long-haul urine? trucker, Russ, and he wants to know about any experiences you have with, with Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith had such a long, long storied career in the NHL. They called him Captain Canada. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he never made the playoffs and he played for Team Canada every year. <laughs> That's true. That's it's true. He, yes. I mean, he, every year they didn't make the playoffs and he'd go over and play unbelievable in the world championships. And I'm, I'm not taking, I'm not trying to take anything away from him because he's a really good player, but yeah. that's why they call him Captain Canada because he's played every year for, oh, I know. It wasn't, wasn't his fault, man. What a player. I mean, he scored a ton of goals and he, uh, he and Doug Waite were great together in Edmonton. Yeah. Good, good he, combo. Uh, you know, yeah. that's true though. He, like not only did he play for all those teams, but he had this wicked performance level when he, when he yeah. played there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a, a real story. Um, I was at an event, emceeing an event for, for Kevin Lowe and a local guy here. They raised a huge amount of dough for the children's hospital. It's called the Stollery. And Ryan Smith was there with a newborn. And wow. uh, this will give you a bit of a shiver. Um, so he was up on stage and I brought him, I brought him up to the front because he had this infant child, you know, and only Ryan would, you know, would, would, Cause he never said no to being asked. He was known for that yeah. around the city that yeah. he, he went, he's like you, every, anyone who asked, he's there. And he showed up with this newborn and, uh, I was a little hammered. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I said to, uh, I said to Ryan, let me hold the baby. Oh God. <laughs> okay. We're on the mic. So Russ, he's about five feet from me. And he, he walks over, hands me the baby and at the same time i'm not lying there was a huge speaker that was on a tripod okay and he he hit it he tripped on it and the oh, thing no. fell over and and collapsed in between me and ryan and i had the baby Jeez. in my hand it was oh. fucking crazy oh uh, my god how scary anyway ryan 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 lives here in edmonton and he's around a lot so and the parents in the audience whose baby that was they must have shit themselves it was just well it, no it's his baby I'm kidding you. Oh. <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Uh, you know, some guys bring a Stanley Cup to a, a fundraiser. He bought a brought a baby. He, he brought a baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's raise some more money. I'll bring a baby. Yeah. Oh, look at. <laughs> um, oh, he's a good guy. He's a great guy, and yeah. uh, and they um, love him in Edmonton. They love, love him, him there. Yeah, yeah, he's unbelievable. Holy Puck is another guy I want to give a shout out to. He's Rob, old goalie Templeton is that guy. And DM Dave and Russ uh, Drebin. You know Rusty. We had him yeah, on the interview. Russ. Yeah, yeah. Ron, Ron Greshner uh, has, I, I don't think it's the Ron Greshner because he, he's the guy who played in New York, wasn't he? Yeah. Greshner? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Judy Martin is a 75-year-old lady uh, who's, I think, from my hometown. Um, and she was, she sent us an email. Uh, she listens every day. She mm-hmm. wants to give a shout out to her husband, PJ Martin, who retired after 30 years in the police force. Uh, nice. Thanks yeah. for your service. Yeah. And she said, you, you got her going on white claw. This is a tough 75 year old. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you got her hooked on white claw, Russ. She, Perfect. And, and, and when you started promoting white claw, it was going through the roof. 
And mm-hmm. uh, people a couple months ago were complaining they couldn't get it. They wanted to jump on the white cloth. <laughs> and she says, I, I lost my mind and I shoved another woman out of the way to get the last case of, of white cloth. <laughs> Good for uh, her. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, to her, and uh, it looks like uh, T. La Victoire, 919 is a guy, Steve Kearns. Uh, he wants us to, uh, his dad passed away at 88 years old this week. And they, they were, he had his dad listen to the show, I believe. Um, also, a uh, great story from Dave Johnny LaRue. Uh, because mm-hmm. I was there for this when the Oilers won the cup. We used to hang out at this bar called Denny Andrews. You might have even been there when you came through town. Uh, never. Never? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you never went to a bar when you were here? <laughs> no. Uh, Barry T's. Barry T's baby. Yeah. yeah. So we were all at Danny Andrews one night and Dave LaRue reminds us, uh, next thing, the, the place just erupted. And I specifically remember this, uh, because I knew it was going to happen. Uh, but I always go early, Russ. I got to get to the bar early. Yeah. The place erupted and mess walked into the bar with the Stanley oh, cup over his head. And, uh, we, it was, it was an absolute shit show. And yeah, you know, pre COVID here, Russ, everyone drinking oh. out of the cup and, uh, Matt J gets a shout out. He wants to, Matt J wants to know what you think of all the jerseys, Russ, now the alternate jerseys and all that stuff. What are your thoughts on this? That the jersey used to be kind of sacred, Russ, you know, the Habs jersey. And now yeah. everyone's got five or six different ones. Well, I, I, I like the third jersey because, you know, you have the traditional home and away jerseys and then you have a third jersey and they can play with it. Right. Um, I think, you know, I think, I think that's great. When they start changing, you know, really changing the jersey, I, I'm not a fan. I just, I love the old, and some of those jerseys need to be changed. Like they, they weren't great, but the old ones, you know, the, the original six, right. They're all still the same. So I don't know. I, I think the third jersey, so it's okay, but I, I like the traditional jerseys. Um, Lewis Saul, Rusty mm-hmm. wants to know from you. He writes, yo, jungle, long time listener. <laughs> Love the podcast from day one. You guys are absolutely knocking it out of the park and you're kicking the shit out of chicklets. <laughs> <laughs> Question for the show. How do you guys, Russ, how do you feel? And you played for Dallas in 1999 about the playoff champs and Brett Hall's skate in the crease. Um, I mean, it was, I don't know. I, I mean, cause I wasn't it's pretty involved, obvious, but Russ. yeah, it's, I mean, it was, they had, what did Holly said? They, 45 minutes after the game, they had already drank like two bottles of champagne. There's no way they were going back out on the ice. That, that, when you had your toe in the crease and they called, that was such a stupid rule. Like you could literally be on the corner of the net, have your toe in the crease and the goalie's facing the other way and you don't obstruct at all. And if the puck went in the net, it was disallowed. I mean, it was the stupidest freaking rule. Right. I mean the, the the goalie interference is one thing, but having your skate in the in the crease and the and then you don't obstruct the goalie, I mean, give me a break. Right. That's that's how I feel. Okay. I'll never forget in, in the playoffs mess scores. Yeah. And I play I was playing with Mark and uh, Adam Graves and, and I was on the side of the net and we get back and they're reviewing the goal and you know that look mess looks at me and goes your foot wasn't in the crease, was it? I'm like, no, 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 no. And I've got my fingers crossed and my gloves going, oh God, I hope it's not in the crease. Yeah. 
yeah. he's going to kill me right here in Madison Square Gardens. Or, or if you know mess when he's got his game face, he's going to chop my foot off. Yeah, um, yeah. If it yeah, got your foot wasn't in there. Um, nope. Let me read. Uh, I, I brought up the name Ron Greshner. Let me. I just found this email. Let me. Let me read it to you. Hey guys, great show. Listen to. I listen to it all the time when I'm working out at the gym. Uh, now that they've uh, closed, I'm a few episodes behind. Just listen to the one where you talk about Len Berry, the urban legend in Victoria, uh, is that he started up uh, Bear Mountain Resort, and because he got banned from Royal Colwood Golf Course, where he mm-hmm. was a member, and mm-hmm. got snapped up one night and went out and cut down some trees on the True golf story. course. True uh, story. Yeah. Okay, here we go. He cut down some trees in the golf course. Uh, that pissed him off. What's the story there? So he was a member of Royal Callwood lived on the, had a house on the golf course. I think he might still even have it. Right. And he, um, his, he couldn't see the golf course cause there was these trees between the fence and the fairway. I didn't, I never went to the house, but story was there was all these trees beyond his fence line. So he went and cut all the trees down and, um, to open up the view. And he found out, you know, he probably knew, but, they called him in, the board called him in and said, you're suspended or kicked out of the club for cutting the trees down. And he went, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to build my own golf course. And then he started looking for land and he found Bear Mountain and pulled the money together <laughs> and built it. It's That's true. So, so funny. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Goes, he, he goes on. To, it may, this may be the same story, but it might be somebody who says, uh, so Len needs somewhere else to play. You got to ask Russ, uh, Speaking of cutting trees down, there's also a rumor of someone in uh, in the uplands in Victoria cutting down trees to improve their view and got fined 10 grand by the city, to which he commented, no problem, here's the cash. I just improved my property by 100 grand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I read that somewhere. I don't know who that was, but uh, I, I read that somewhere. I, yeah. I don't know who that was, but no doubt you get the um, view, you get the bigger bucks. Anyway, uh, what else? We got to say hi to Matt. Uh, Matt J. We, you got your thoughts on the jersey. You got your uh, thoughts. Will uh, Engelby? This is our, by the way, this is our listener appreciation night. Um, and a friend of uh, a cousin of mine. I got to say hi to George Rayner. This is great. He went to he went to school. I don't know this guy, but he he emailed us and he went to school with my my cousin Jeff McCarty, whose mother is my dad's sister. And she's still alive, Russ, mm-hmm. uh, my auntie Lois. And she's 98 years old. Jeez. And this guy emailed me because uh, I haven't talked to her in many, many months. And he emailed me, said, you need to know this. Your 98-year-old aunt is listening to the Spindle. <laughs> <laughs> auntie. Hello, yeah. auntie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so thanks a lot, George, for that. Judy she didn't Martin, know you swore so much. Judy Martin gives us another story about uh, Howie Morenz. Uh, when he was in the hospital, I, I believe he died from complications from a leg injury or something. Mm-hmm. But she heard me tell a story about when I had my appendix out that all my buddies, Russ, brought me drinks into the hospital mm. room. Yeah. And, uh, and she talks, she said, that reminded me that all the players, when Howie was in there, they brought in a full bar, liquor and beer, and they had it all set up while he was in the hospital. And uh, she said, does Russ have any stories like that? Uh, I said, well, I don't know. Oh, we, uh, we didn't, we didn't bring any booze to the hospital for anybody, but man, we definitely had beer and wine on many, many trips. 
Some of those team, some of those team uh, national teams you played on, Russ, where they usually lay the law down about no booze. You must have to sneak booze in somehow in some of those uh, trips you were on with oh. those teams. Well, Vancouver Canucks when I played with them, Tom Rennie took all the all the booze off the plane, and so we would sneak beer onto the plane, and and uh, he he caught us at the back of the plane drinking any any. And everybody hid their beer but me because I had my back to the front of the plane. Right. And they're going, coach, coach. And I'm focusing on the cards. I didn't hear them. And he looked at me as he went to the can. He was pissed off. And then he calls me up, calls me back to the back of the plane. It's like, who brought the beer on the plane? I go, I'm not going to tell you. You want me to tell on my teammates? Yeah. Not a squealer. I'm no. not, not freaking telling you who brought them. I want to know. And I go, well, you're not going to get it out of me. I'm not going to tell you if I can. So anyways, we called him, he, he used to, he said in the first meeting, okay, there's going to be no alcohol on the, on the team flights, on the commercial flights. He goes, I like to have a jar like anybody once in a while. He wasn't a big drinker. Right. And so, uh, he, uh, we, we nicknamed him TR jar after that. Cause he's, <laughs> and, and he made the announcement at training camp. Right. And I've told this story before, but for some people who didn't hear it, we had Essa Tikkanen on our team, who was a big drinker and yeah, a well, great guy. What a, yeah, yep. a, I can understand a word he says. Tikkanese, he speaks. Right. And um, so the media go flying over to Essa Tikkanen and Whistler at training camp. And they say, and they're like, uh, Tom Rennie just announced there'll be no more a beer or any alcohol on any commercial f- or uh, charter flight. And we, we had our own plane. So we chartered everywhere. We never flew commercial. We always had our own plane. Beautiful. So Essa Tikkanen, without missing a beat, looks at the media and says, I get a doctor note. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. The media ran back to Tom Rennie and said, Essa Tikkanen just said, we told him that there's no more alcohol on the plane. And he just said he's going to get a doctor note. (laughs) And he's such a freaking beauty. He's, uh, oh, yeah. he's, we brought, we brought, uh, to answer her question, we did when, the, when we had a coach that wouldn't allow beer on the plane, we, we found a way. We found a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the great story about Teak when he came to the country, when he came to Canada, um, I mean, he didn't speak a lick of English, no. you know, and, and, and after he was here 15 years, he never spoke a lick of English <laughs> yeah. like yeah. he, and, uh, but there's a, there's a great story about us and in. So he's in the locker room the first day, and all he hears is f bombs all day, yeah, right? Yeah. All he and and you know f and this and f and that and f and this and as he called it puck, you know puck off, right? Because of of his accent, and so he he heard this all day, and then they all went to McDonald's, and he hadn't said a word, you know, he'd just been <laughs> yeah. listening for for three hours this yeah. locker room talk, right? Which is right, you know, triple X rated, man. Okay, yeah, and and he gets in line with the boys. And he steps up to the cash at the McDonald's to order. And he goes, give me a parking cheeseburger and a parking large fry and a parking milkshake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our favorite tick story. Oh, my um, God. Tick, he was my Anyway, roommate. a bunch of other people. Yeah. Thanks a lot to Tim Gibbons and Chris A. and Reed Robinson. Uh, Sasha, who hung out with all the Oilers up in Grand Prairie and uh, came away with uh, this unbelievable uh, experience of how down-to-earth hockey players are. She couldn't. She just thought they'd be snobby. Uh, and, of course, anyone who knows hockey players, that's the last thing they are. They're all down to earth. 
Um, Jamie Pollock, thanks a lot. Rob Seidel, I know Rob. He, I think he's from town here. Daryl Urquhart, uh, we want to thank all those people um, for listening. We, we really appreciate it. And if, if I had my way, I'd read three hours of these great comments <laughs> that they've given us, Russ. But um, anyway, Rusty, another show in the books. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, loved your story about Gary Bettman. Um, we've got, before we leave that, Russ, I'm going to do a quote of the week, Russ. Okay. Okay. Here's one of my favorites. Okay. Let me just pull it up here. Cause, uh, like I kind of get, I, I, you know, I, I kind of get tired, Russ, all the adages, especially people on Facebook who they all think they're poets, right. And they all put this stuff out there all day. Yeah. However, however, I like this one. You cannot change the world. Okay. You can't, sorry. You can change the world by your example, but not by your opinion. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, Russ. I like right? that. You like I that? I like one? that. Right. And to my buddy Tom Donnelly, um, he's got. He said, he said a hilarious joke. <laughs> oh God! She's single. She's shapely. She's beautiful, and she lives right across the street. I can see her place from my kitchen window. I watched as she got home from work this evening. I was surprised when she walked across the street, up my driveway, and knocked on the door. I opened the door. She looked at me and said, I just got home and I have this strong urge to have a good time, dance, get drunk and have sex tonight. Are you doing anything? I replied quickly. Absolutely not. I'm free. She said, great. Can you watch my dog? (laughs) 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 And a boy, Tommy sends me a bunch of corny ones, but, uh, uh this, that's good. That's this was great yeah uh anyway before we go thanks a lot to everybody i can i, I gotta give my uh, nephew a shout out russ my rug is coming in this week your Maybe hair this- or your rug yeah <laughs> both <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway my my buddy danny i said we'd give him a little plug um oh right yeah he yeah, he got you the free carpet i'm paying for things here man yeah i'm paying for oh. things uh in stock flooring Okay, is uh, they had a they had a grand opening here a couple of weeks ago, so uh, go check them out. They got all a bunch of deals on. Thanks a lot to Danny, and thanks a lot to Instock. They they're big fans of the show, and they listen to it, and uh, I appreciate what they did. And show your appreciation. Go see them. Uh, you can email us the suspendables at yahoo.com. I think I finally got that right. Check out our Facebook page, Rusty. Uh, the shop now button is there. Boom, hit it. We got a bunch of merch. Uh, everyone loves it. Uh, that's going out. Also, Rusty, next week on the show, Rick Tockett is coming on. No, great. Yeah. What are you doing? You're eating right now. You're gapping. What happened? You're- oh, my son just texted me. What do I want for dinner? Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell him you drank it already. Bring another yeah. load. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we've been trying to get Rick on. And, uh, of course, he's the head coach of the Phoenix uh, Coyotes. Uh, he They won that play-in round. And... Uh, had a went tough sled in the second round, but uh, Rick is like one of the most affable, friendly, hilarious guys. You would have played with him, of course, Russ, around the same time. Um, and yeah, he's one of the, he's same one of the age. same age and one of the greatest guys ever. This guy, yeah. Anyway, uh, tune yeah. in next week because we're going to talk to Rick, and uh, I'm, it's not going to be short, that's for sure, <laughs> uh, with all the stuff we're doing. So, 
Anyway, Rusty, have a good week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week like we are each and every week with another episode of The Suspendables. Whoop, whoop. There we go, Russ. We made her, buddy. Get All right, to pal. Doing what you're doing. Okay. Talk, Talk to, you to you later. Talk to you later, everybody. The Suspendables is a weekly hockey series with Jim Jerome in Edmonton and Russ Cortnell in L.A. Follow The Suspendables on Facebook and Twitter. Reach us at thesuspendables at yahoo.com. And, of course, we appreciate you sharing this podcast with your group of friends.